This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Jason Whitlock sitting there for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck radio program. Stay tuned in this hour. I'm going to talk to you about Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, saying January 6th, uh, biggest attack, attack on democracy since the Civil War. I'm going to tell you about Lynette Colophany Cox complaining about Elon Musk. Stay tuned for that. And uh, Stanford is passing laws about harmful language. I'll get into that. The softening of America. Jason Whitlock sitting there for Glenn Beck. A great second hour coming to you shortly. Welcome back. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck radio program. I am Jason Whitlock, the host of Fearless with Jason Whitlock on Blaze TV. You can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock. I want to start here in the second hour, a woman by the name of Lynette Colafani Cox. Uh, she calls herself uh, the money coach on Twitter. She's blue checked. Uh, she's let, let's her bio says personal finance expert, speaker, author of the New York Times bestseller, Zero Debt. Seen on Oprah, Today, Dr. Phil, CNN, MSNBC, Dr. Oz, The Talk. Uh, this is a very, very accomplished uh, black woman in America. Here's what she tweeted out about Elon Musk. Could anyone besides a white male billionaire like Elon Musk even think about running a major publicly traded business on the basis of a poll. The Twitter CEO is called eccentric, a maverick, genius, etc. But if a woman did this, she'd be irrational and promptly fired. That tweet has uh, 31,000 likes, nearly 4,000 retweets. Yesterday, I tried to tell you all about why Twitter needs an editor and why I would be the perfect CEO uh, for Twitter and, and I, how Twitter is a propaganda tool and it's used by the alphabet mafia uh, to affect change and the alphabet mafia, LGBTQ, silent P uh, slash BLM. There's this other wing of feminists. I, I, they're part of the alphabet mafia and Lynette is, is part of that feminist movement. She, she may be part of the other elements of the alphabet mafia as well, BLM and maybe even the LGBTQ. She's been seen everywhere. She's an expert. She's got a New York Times bestseller. But the, the reason why I say Twitter needs a editor is because there's, there's little resistance on Twitter for the kind of stupidity 
uh, tweeted out here by Lynette. And, and Twitter is, and again, I, I don't know the gender breakdown over Twitter, but there's virtually nothing that a black woman could say over Twitter that would get the kind of rebuke necessary to stop the foolishness because Lynette's been uh, defending ever since she put this tweet out uh, yesterday around 8 p.m. Or no, I'm sorry, this is two days ago around 8 p.m. She's been defending it because one, Twitter is not a publicly traded company. Elon Musk bought it. It's privately owned. He paid $44 billion for it. So she's just wrong on that count. And then, two, this whole little, oh, false equivalency of of uh, a white male billionaire like Elon Musk is the only one. She's talking about Elon putting up a poll saying, should I step down as CEO? And he did that by poll. Should we reinstate all these accounts? He did that by poll. And, and somehow, if this were a woman, no one would call them a genius, a maverick, eccentric. This is just stupidity. Because if a woman, and I'm not saying she can't, but if a woman builds a rocket ship, if she, if she operates Tesla, that whole electric car deal, and becomes the richest person on the planet, they're, they're not going to be second-guessed. They're going to be called a genius. They're going to be called a maverick and eccentric. That are, are, are Oprah is not one of, you know, she is one of the richest people in the world, but she's not in Elon's category. But Oprah can do whatever she wants. And no one cr dares criticize her. And Oprah does stupid things like every other human on the planet. Everybody does things that could qualify them as a maverick or eccentric. This is the kind of stupidity that's pervasive throughout social media. And again, this woman, despite being called out for like, hey, Twitter's not even a public, it's not a publicly traded company. It's a privately owned business. Even when called on, called out on that, will not back down, will not delete the tweet, will not admit, hey, this is just a stupid false equivalency. This is irrational on my part. Won't do it. Doesn't have to. She wants to talk about Elon Musk privilege. She has privilege. Being black and being a woman. And who knows? I, I don't know. Maybe alternative lifestyle. Who, who knows? But she's just being a woman and being black. She has privilege to say dumb stuff over social media without repercussions. She's getting some repercussions right now because I'm an idiot and I don't care uh, that I'm politically incorrect and say things that you're not supposed to say. But this woman's an idiot. And her Idiocy is rewarded and justified and promoted and backed up and supported over social media because she's a black woman. If a man, particularly a heterosexual man of any color, 
tweeted out this type of stupidity and and reversed the races and said uh Snoop Dogg makes uh music that denigrates black people. Snoop Dogg makes music that is satanic, but somehow he gets to perform at halftime of the Super Bowl. He's a, a product pitch man that's on all these uh, television commercials all over our television airwaves, and he's promoted as a hero. Only a black man could get away with being a member of a criminal gang organization, have a, having escaped a murder charge, making music that denigrates black people, women, and everybody else, makes music that is satanic. Only a black man has the privilege of doing all of that and then being, and being celebrated as a hero. If someone tweeted that out, they would cost themselves their job. They certainly would cost themselves their standing. They would be called a racist and ran out of polite society even though they would be standing on far more truth than what Lynette is standing on. But as I've been talking about today, we have eliminated resistance. It's impolite to challenge people. It's impolite to tell people you're just dead wrong and you sound like an idiot here delete this tweet you can say that to a white man you can say that to a black conservative christian man but that's about it everybody else has privilege everybody else has a little safe space that they exist in that anything they say can't be challenged can't be rebuked or you're homophobic you're ableist you're racist you're misogynistic you're something, you're transphobic, you're something terrible and negative. Lynette is likely just an idiot. That, that's probably her only crime. And, and it's, she's an example of why Twitter needs an editor. And again, not that her tweet needs to be deleted, but we need to create an environment where Lynette actually had to think about what she said or was going to say before tweeting it. But we don't like that kind of resistance in America. We, we, we're creating all of these safe spaces from harmful language. When we come back after this very short break, I'm going to talk about the harmful language that they're outlawing at Stanford University, one of our highest institutions of education. I'm Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck radio program. Stanford, this is a story uh, on foxnews.com. Stanford releases guide to eliminate harmful language. Cautions against calling U.S. citizens American. They've released a guide to eliminate harmful language. Cautions against calling U.S. citizens American. This is not a story from the onion. 
This is real life. Stanford University published an index of harmful language. It plans to eliminate from the school's websites and computer code, offering terms to be used as replacements. The Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative, which was revealed in May, is a multi-phase, multi-year project to address harmful language in IT at Stanford, according to the guide. The guide says its goal is to eliminate, eliminate many forms of harmful language, including racist, violent, and biased, e.g., disability bias, ethnic bias, ethnic slurs, gender bias, implicit bias, sexual bias language. In Stanford websites and code, it added that it strives to educate people on the impact of words. There are 10 harmful language sections outlined in the index, ableist, ageism, colonialism, (laughs) culturally appropriative, gender-based, imprecise language, institutionalized racism, person-first, violent, and additional considerations. <laughs> Among the words the university urges people to avoid in the imprecise language section is the term American. People are instead asked to use U.S. citizen because American typically refers to people from the United States only, thereby insinuating that the U.S. is the most important country in the Americas. This is what we've done, and this is where I need to be careful, and this is where I want your help, particularly uh, if some ladies want to call in and help me, help me with my misogyny or just my biblical view of the natural order and belief in male leadership, I I believe this bending over backwards we're doing to make everyone feel safe and have a safe space where their feelings are heard and appreciated is because we're bending over backwards for women and to make this world feel safe for women. And that's what's creating the chaos and the anarchy, and the disrespect, and the actual lack of safety that we now feel. In these matriarchal paradises we built in urban black America, no one actually feels safe. If you look at our country as we keep bending over more and more backwards, to respect everyone's feelings and words are harmful. Use my proper pronoun. Look at the chaos that we are creating. We're having debates about what a man and what a woman is if there are more than two genders. We're having debates about men with balls using women's bathrooms. We're having criminals declare their gender dysphoria so they can be transferred into a female prison and they're impregnating prisoners. This whole safety first movement, this whole, oh, let's bend over and make the world better for women that we're doing. It does not work. 
We need a natural order that God prescribed that makes perfect common sense. We need the degree of difficulty put back in all endeavors. Making the world easier is making life harder. Harmful. I talk about it virtually every day. But as we move further and further away from biblical values, things get worse. They don't get better. When we move away from sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never harm me. And now we believe words harm Stanford University, allegedly one of our premier institutions of higher education. Words are now harmful. The, the phrase, the idiom, the adage that sticks and stones may break my bones. That and I talked about this last week on my show. You guys should be watching, listening to my show. Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I talked about this last week. Sticks and stones. That adage was originated in the Christian Recorder, a newspaper for the African Methodist Episcopalian Church. The church started by Richard Allen an African-American in like the 1600s, that newspaper, the Christian Recorder, in 1862, wrote the adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never break me. About a decade later, it was changed to words would never harm me. But it's a Christian value that words don't matter. What God thinks of me is what matters. Not your words. This was during slavery, 1862. A black Christian newspaper understood it don't matter what you call me. Will not harm me. It's a Christian value because they believe Jesus Christ was their Lord and personal savior. The most high ruled over everything. Your words don't matter to me as we move away from that and create a world that is so focused on feelings words now have of great importance what man says about you takes priority over what god says about you i'm jason whitlock sitting in for glenn beck on the glenn beck radio program the glenn beck program one 727 2325 is the phone number to call. one 727 2325 You guys are my co-stars today. I'm Jason Whitlock, sitting in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck radio program. We're talking about America and the entire world bending over backwards for the feminist movement, the alphabet mafia, and just the softening of culture and, and how we're just giving in and prioritizing feelings and how we're moving away 
from a biblical worldview and all those principles that made this country great and made the world better and actually provided us the safety that we're actually looking for. But now that we've moved to building the whole world, basing the whole world based around feelings, we have nothing but chaos. And so if a man with balls, a wife and kids wakes up and decides, hey, I'm really a woman. That's I feel like a woman. We're building a world where everybody, oh, he feels that way, so I must act that way. I have to remove myself from reality and pretend that Bruce Jenner is Caitlyn Jenner. That's a world based on feelings, not on reality, not on any sort of truth. It's a world based on feelings. It's a very dangerous place to build a world based around feelings. It doesn't promote safety. It makes everyone's life more dangerous. I'll give you an example. We all decided based on feelings that oh, the police force, law enforcement is randomly killing black men. The stats say otherwise in overwhelming fashion. The stats actually say America is the safest place on the planet for a black person. The stats are overwhelming. The proof is overwhelming. The number of black people from all over the world, the number of people of color that will beat down doors and do anything they can to get into America says otherwise. But we allowed a false narrative to be built based on feelings. LeBron James feels like a black man can't go anywhere in this country without being killed. That's a feeling. It's a fake feeling even. But we had riots and murders and looting and arson sweep this entire country based on a feeling that the mainstream media kept reporting on and promoting. Oh, I feel unsafe during a traffic stop. The police may shoot and kill me. The police are just out shooting and killing law-abiding citizens like George Floyd. Oh, the horror! George Floyd was going to save America. Oh, yes, I know he was high on fentanyl. I know he was passing counterfeit dollar bills. I know he was a career criminal. But he was going to save America. We must build a shrine for George Floyd because we feel like he's a hero. What happened? based on those feelings how much violence did we see pour out and destroy america 
based on that feel. You can't build a world based on feelings. And so if someone gets confused and looks between their legs and sees two balls and a stick and says, hey, you know what? I feel like a woman. We need to get that person some counseling and help them deal with the reality that they're a man or a boy. Deal with it. You know, I wake up most days feeling like Denzel Washington. I have to deal with the reality that I'm closer to Bookman on good times than Denzel Washington in training day. I have to deal with that reality. I would prefer to be Denzel in training day. But I'm actually Bookman on good times. That may be an old reference to some of y'all, but I think most of you get it if you watch the show Good Times. I don't want a world, well, actually I do, (laughs) world based on my feelings, Lord have mercy, I'd be a happy man. But I don't want that, I prefer to live in reality. I prefer, there's more happiness and fulfillment, purpose in living in reality, God's reality, than some fake world based on feelings. Maybe that makes me a misogynist pig. I'm willing to deal with that. Call me any name in the book, but you're not going to call me a liar. Lynn in North Carolina. Lynn, welcome to the Glenn Beck radio program. Hey, how are you this morning? Awesome. So I'm not going to call you a misogynist because as I was listening to you, I was thinking about the fact that, and just hear me out before you, (laughs) um, women have never really been safe. If you look back starting at civilization, women have never been safe. You know, there's always been, you know, I hate to say this, but we're weaker So we have always needed a man to protect us. As early as cavemen, women have relied on men to be strong leaders to protect us. So we need that. And we're having a society right now where the women who want that can't find it because of all this feeling crap. So Women have never been able to just go into battle. That's why you look at our, you know, military rates and stuff. Not as many women enlist. Women are not hungry to defend things the way men are because historically they are the provider and the protector. So the way society is skewing this and this feminist movement is actually devaluing everything that the women are supposed to be. Lynn, let me There's clarify your point. Let me clarify your point, if, if, if you don't mind. I'll offer you okay. a little assistance. If you build a weaker man, women are going to become less safe. That's what you're basically Absolutely. arguing. And Absolutely. that's what's happening. And that's what's happening. And women are also trying to stand up and say, we are everything that men are. 
Well, we were never meant to be. We're a lot of really great things, and we have a lot of really great roles, and there's lots of things that we are a lot better than men at, but protecting and providing isn't necessarily one of those. Providing for our children at home, we excel at that. Um, Protecting when it comes to our children, but that man has always been the first line of defense for women. And a lot of women stopped relying on that and said, I can do it all. Thank you, We were never meant to do it all. Thank you. Great phone call. I got to move on. Jim in New York, be quick, but don't hurry. Yes, I know that saying uh, from John Wooden way back in the day. Oh, I thought I uh, came up with that saying. I'm sorry. No, (laughs) no, be quick, but don't hurry. I was a basketball player. Uh, Jason, I just, number one, I just want to say, Thank you for speaking the truth. Thank you for getting out, if, for having the the strength and the wisdom and the courage to speak the truth as I watch this slow motion train wreck of a country fall apart. And I'll try and be succinct as, as much as I can be, Jason, because I could speak to you all day. And I just want to ask you a couple of questions. What I see is the media controls the narrative and they know they can, can, they know they control it. They can say what they want. They can put out what they want. They can say boys are girls and girls are boys. They can say religion is for people that believe in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. Democrats don't have to campaign campaign anymore because the, the media will, will run the show for them and they know it. Um, Jason, I just want to ask you, and now with the Twitter files that came out and the media isn't even covering it, how do we get how do we get a voice to the 50 percent of the people that do not want to hear any of this? And the media, they're not media, they're social activists, and they have their way of seeing what the world is, and we see what it is, and we see what it's doing. So, you know, you know, Jason, they make, they make us all sound like racist. I love my African brothers and sisters. We mostly all love our African brothers. We're not racist. You know, we, we're not we're not any of these things. But, you know, I was with my brothers and sisters who all listen to NPR at Thanksgiving time. They don't even know what I'm talking about when I bring some of this stuff up. They don't know anything about, uh, you know, I said, do you guys know who Tony Bobolinsky is? Do you know anything about the Hunter Biden thing? Do you know anything about anything? Nothing. So thank you for being our voice, Jason. And I just ask you, how can we, what can we do when the media controls the entire narrative? Jim, I got to go. I, you're, I'm up against the break. I'll try to answer on the other side. Thank you, Jim. I'm Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck. Stand up! This is the Glenn Beck Program. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Radio Program. I want to tell the last caller and tell the audience. The solution is, if your values, if your worldview is taken from a biblical point of view, never apologize 
for prioritizing the values that you have above your identity or someone else's superficial identity. The left builds alliances based off of identities. Oh, are, are, are you gay? We have common ground. I, I, I support gay people, or I'm gay as well. Oh, are you trans? I, I, I support trans, and I might be trans, you know, depending on what day of the week it is. Oh, you're black? Oh, I, I have a Black Lives Matter sign in my front yard, and I'd like to be black. Uh, again, all these superficial identities is what they build alliances around. <clears throat> and, and for a long time, they, they've used that idolatry of identity. They, 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 their, their sexual preference is their idol. Their skin color is their idol. Their gender identity is their idol. And those of us with a biblical worldview know that idolatry is at the root of all sin. And so build alliances based off of shared values. And if you build alliances off of shared values, never apologize. Never apologize. And, and so I, I've tried to explain to people that criticize, oh, you know, Jason, because I, I come from the sports world and I talk a lot about my disagreements with LeBron James and some of these other woke athletes who are black. And people, oh, why do you disagree with the black athlete so much? I, was like, I don't disagree with the black athlete. I disagree with LeBron James's leftist, matriarchal, satanic mindset. His worldview is outside of God's natural order and what's prescribed in the Bible. I never hear LeBron James talk about any sort of biblical worldview. We don't have shared values. Many of these athletes wet their finger, stick it on Twitter and see which way the wind is blowing. That's not how I formulate my opinions. I formulate my opinions. I f see the world through a biblical lens. I, I, I run my set of views through a biblical lens. And when things violate that biblical lens, I tend to criticize it. So I don't have a problem with anyone's skin color. I do have a problem with people's values. If they're out of line with what I think is best for my neighborhood, for me, for my country, for young people, because the, the values I'm standing on help everybody. Your values may not, and that's why I object to them. I'm this Jason Whitlock. The this is the Glenn Beck, Beck Radio Program. Program.